with all my friends. Come along with me. See how the story ends. Some dragons. dragons to get people's shades put on. Game of Thrones style. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Professional Hippies. We're your hosts. I'm Colton. This is Dylan. And we are professionals today. I think today is a great day yeah. to be professional. If you're new to our episode, new to our show, in this episode, we're going to be covering a, a, a range of topics, everything from professionalism, whatever that means for you, stock options to staying alive in uh, corporate America, or hippies in the woo-woo and meeting you somewhere in the middle. Uh, if you hang out through the episode, following us and uh, what we like to talk about, hey, we appreciate it. This episode is mm-hmm. brought to you by testkitsplus.com forward slash professional hippies. If you are thinking about experimenting with your consciousness, head on over there. That way you too can trust strangers. That's their slogan and motto, not ours. But strangers are cool. So anyway, take care of yourself, hippies, professionals, whoever you are. We love you and we're proud to have you here. Um, And if you guys are surviving anywhere in the Midwest right now, hats off to you. Uh, Dylan and I were talking about before the episode, he's got a storm going on there. And I'm pretty sure my house is about to spontaneously combust it has averaged 102 degrees for the last two weeks man we all just stopped farting things probably died out a little bit you think that's it you think that's the leading cause of global warming right now 100 percent. yeah we got all these vegans now they're all farting everywhere dude the weird thing is did you see the fed uh is doing another rate hike as of yesterday they're going to continue the interest rates to try and uh push down some prices <laughs> they were like they gave a hint too they were like oh things we might we might get a little better everyone starts saving may be able to get something ah nah screw you it's Spend really wild to me the influence the one percent has or let's just say the regulators the ones that are in pocket of the one percent right mm-hmm. and the mechanism for driving the market forward is to literally bankrupt as many middle-class citizens as possible to encourage some levers in the system to move forward and grow. Like flat out culling the market, forcing tech industries to lay off. I mean, I get it. The tech industries were bloated, but... um, You notice there hasn't been many credit card advertisements? I have not. I haven't noticed many credit card I make it my mission to get as many advertisements out of my life as possible. I know, but usually there's a lot of them, like credit cards, Visa, American Express. I haven't seen too many of them. I just thought of that because as the interest rates go up, everybody's interest goes up on the credit cards, too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just everyone keeps trying to use it because it's hard to save right now with how expensive everything is. So everyone's using their credit cards and the, just keep dabbling in more and more debt. Yeah, that's the thing that I've been fortunate to avoid is... uh paying interest on anything outside of a long-term note you know like um like my truck for example so i have like thirty thousand left on my truck i think um i could turn around and sell that for a profit like 10 15 grand right now i can't believe that the automotive industry is still as high as it is do you think that's a function of inflation or demand i mean we had the chip i think it's i think it's demand like i was looking at um like uh i was like why is why you know everyone wants a truck right now in america is the I don't know why, but they do. And then I was re- looking at Australia right now is having a big mm. truck boom. 
All the mm-hmm. big three opened up there. They're selling the similar truck here that would go for seventy thousand over a hundred thousand over there. Is right that now. USD or in Australian? Australian, currency? Australian currency. But well, their, their currency is uh, it's it's like one point five R's, maybe one point four. I don't know what that would equate to in my head, but it just but seems like forty percent. Like if you were to take our dollar, it's like one a yeah. dollar and forty cents there. But they're like it's expensive over there. Yeah. If you want that truck, it's going to be expensive. So it's not like there's the the demand is just there, and people. I don't know. I I just think a lot of people don't have the the grasp of concept of understanding. Uh, what you know what we're what we're taught? Do you need it or do you want it? Mm-hmm. Type of thing. And I think a lot of people don't have the the concept of knowing the difference. Sure. If they want it, they just go, just send me the 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 bill, you know. And my dad, uh, super, you know, construction attendant on the job sites, he'll have uh, his contractors show up. These guys are working to almost twenty four seven just to pay for a truck, you know. Yeah, a lot of ego wrapped up in that truck, and it makes for cool trucks. But I had a friend sure. that I was walking through last week. Uh, the last two weeks, essentially, in her car buying experience, she's been a vagabond, traveled a ton, and mm-hmm. going through, uh, really purchasing maybe her first vehicle on her own. Um, and uh, aside from that, it was really through friends, family, et cetera, getting hooked up, you know, with like sure. the handy down kind of car. So walking her through, helping her understand the balance of like, if you get a 15000 she wanted a luxury vehicle, right? So like a, a Cadillac um I forget what model, a CRX or something. No, it's a different, but it's like the SUV, uh, nice Cadillac. And I was like, so here's the trade-off, right? I mean, if you get something for 15000 because that's what you think you want to buy it at, and the miles are 80000 things are going to go wrong. And when they go wrong for a luxury vehicle, like a Porsche, that's like a four or $500 oil change from what I remember. Oh, yeah. And so it's like when you get something more expensive that's at the top end of your budget, your range to be able to afford, life is still going to happen to that thing, right? Mm-hmm. You get a home, stuff's going to have to get fixed in that home. Like it's not just about can you afford the mortgage? Can you afford when you get termites? Can you afford yep. when, uh, did you see the video of the the little Frenchies pulling the hose in someone's house? Uh-uh. Dude, these people came home and their Frenchies pulled in their uh, garden hose. Their house was flooded. Oh, no. <laughs> they pulled it through the doggy door. The best part is they pulled it back out and back in again <laughs> and back out. If we can get a clip of that right now, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so let's mark that one for social media. But yeah. Um, so anyway, life's going to happen. Right. And so you have to anticipate those those bloating costs that come up with uh, anything you're purchasing vehicle wise, et cetera. And so the RV that I got. Right. I mean, um, that thing's a fucking money pit, but (laughs) (laughs) it is just really interesting that that's the way that the more I'm learning about interest rates, how it's affecting the market as a whole and seeing Mm -hmm. there's really a limited amount of uh, levers that regular regulatory bodies can can pull to move the market in certain directions it's not like the fed can step in and say hey all you companies have to lay off people mm-hmm. but what they can do is affect the interest rates which affects their cash flow and it just trickles down and yeah. it doesn't seem like it's like the poorest get affected and mm-hmm. if you're making four hundred thousand dollars plus a year you they're might still, not really get affected their incentives still come in their government help still comes in 
the poorest, right? Like it doesn't, that doesn't go away. It still is there, but you're still middle class. You're still making the same amount you were before. So you can't, you know, apply for those helps. And now everything goes up. In Canada, have you seen the housing crisis they have going on? Yeah, I've seen that. Unreal. Yeah, because you're very attached to the Canada market. So seeing what they have to pay for no good reason. I mean, I guess it's inventory, (laughs) right? But like, I think the average price for a a one bedroom is like $2,000 a month. Yeah, it's rough out there right now. They got bought out like crazy. Now, do you think that is that conglomerates like BlackRock stepping in and soaking up, not putting anything back on the market? It's the same thing that's happened here. It's just the the I think the issue with Canada is there's, you know, Canada's huge, yes, mm-hmm. but there's so less of like big cities to go to. It's all congregated there. around the border. Or it's all congregated around the border. Maybe it's a handful of big cities mm-hmm. that you can think of. Whereas us, we're we're pretty spread out. You can go out into the middle of Florida and build up a little community there. Sure. They, they don't. I don't think they really have that kind of in, infrastructure set up to where. You know, you pretty much go north in Canada. It's it, there's not going to be much of that. Quick, right? Yeah, it gets real quick. Whereas here, you know, between me and Daytona, you know, there's Orlando. There's some little small pockets of cities Opportunities along the way. Spread out, essentially. Spread out. Yeah, and there's you're still a Walmart and your you know grocery stores and, yeah. and whatever. There's a lot still that you can go to here in the rural areas if you want. Up there, it's, it's just little pockets. So BlackRock bought out. You know, a lot of those places there. I mean, they did the same thing here. You know, the mm-hmm. Miami market, Orlando, Tampa. I mean, they did they did that in every city, really. So that's why the rents have gone up everywhere like crazy. I'd be interested to have like an institutional investor come on and, and explain some of the um, some of the mechanisms that were put in place in, in these portfolio style companies that they looked at housing as a uh as the next vehicle because i don't know what point that was maybe like 2014 15 when these really large conglomerates well, it's, it's always started... it's always it's always been a vehicle it, it was always just has. that when it went the the issue was is when last year or 2021 2020 end of 2020 rates were significantly low that's what and it was everyone, and everyone they i Personally, I think it's BlackRock and them that start putting the fear in people like, oh, there's going to be a crash. There's going to be a crash. They start mm-hmm. pushing that out to media to, to get people scared so they don't start buying up the market. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and just start buying up the market because they know it's the perfect time. That's why I went and bought a house. I was like, this is it. It's down. Interest rates are down. Everyone goes, I'm going to wait for the crash. Da, da, da. Like, no, this it's happening right yeah. now. This is the time to do it. And yeah. everyone was telling me I was nuts. And I was like, no, this is, it's happening. What you've been, and I don't know what they call it. They, I learned about it a lot when I was in finance is that everyone says something. And then when it finally comes along, they get too scared mm-hmm. and then they don't want to make those decisions. Right. So that's, that's all BlackRock did. That's all Zillow did is they just took advantage of the whole market during that time. And no, everyone else was scared to buy into it. So there was not that many buyers while the big companies knew it was the best time to buy because they could just get their hands as much as possible. Yeah. And now, that's, this is the after effect of it. That was the, the weird part, that the market was uh, red hot for a long time. And typically mm-hmm. when you see that, you do see a correction come, but it there's no inventory coming back on the market. And, and, and these people coming from New York, from California... The amount of money that they're saving going to Texas and Florida, which is where most people are wanting to move to right now anyways, they're saving so much money they can drop huge cash offers. 
yeah. which is awesome, you know, for real estate, but it just buys up the inventory super quick. Hey, want to hear something weird that I learned last night? We went to the comedy mothership for yeah. my birthday. Talk about that. And uh, one of the things, by the way, the lineup was sick. Opener, didn't really know him. Um, pretty good, though. Then we had Kill Tony, Ron White, nice. yeah. Duncan Trussell, yeah. and Joe Rogan. Oh, my God. Dude. Oh, what blew a... my head Give off. me an edible. Let me get lost. So good. The way they run that establishment is so worth the hype. I mean, everything about it was a phenomenal experience. The weird thing I noticed with Duncan Trussell, he didn't make eye contact with like the first seven rows of people. It's like he was talking into the spotlight. That yes. was just kind of interesting to me. But I go to the bathroom because you know me, especially if I have a couple drinks, like I, uh, I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't know if I have a smaller than average bladder. Could be average. I don't really care. If I have to pee, I'm going to pee. So mm-hmm. I went to the bathroom maybe like three times during the, the evening. It's hour 45 set. Um, and one of the times I go to the bathroom, I'm discreet every time. One of the times I go to the bathroom, I come back. When I got up, they cram you in there. Michael got up right behind me, went to the bathroom. I didn't know that. So as I'm coming back, he's trying to rush so he can get in his seat. So I'm like all crouched down and shit. And I turn around and Michael's like, oh, real quick. And he elbows the shit out of me in the eye. I mean, this wasn't like a oh, gentle no. nudge, like uppercut to the eye socket. And then at that point, I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> and so <laughs> Kill Tony was like, sit down, guys. We got some more women bashing to do. And I was like, my bad, man. <laughs> oh, man. Got him. But it, it was cool. I mean, I think uh, Ron White, man, I don't know. Are you familiar with... Ron White is hell that, yeah yeah, yeah I love Ron White yeah that man brought the heat I, it was just like that more of that one liner style you know he's jumping around he's not like looping in stories and stuff he's just delivering some heat and Joe Rogan told a couple jokes where he was like uh, yeah I so said this is not going to be going into my special you guys can tell I'm like working out pretty good material but he's like the next couple jokes are really probably just going to stay here uh, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think people are going to be happy if. I say these in my Netflix special. <laughs> We're like, all right, <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. let's hear those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good set. The reason I brought that up is um, I think one of the comedians brought up that Caitlyn Jenner is going to be running for governor of California. Do you know that? <laughs> I think she said that the past couple of times, but I hope she follows through with it. That'd be awesome. Me too. Not? After Trump, anything's possible. We've learned this. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, let's let's give credit where credit is due. I mean, we've had some celebrities. JFK made it all the way. Right? Arnold Schwarzenegger was a, a perfect example of that. I mean, that dude lived the dream. Dude yeah. lived the dream. I think he was in office for all of like four to six months, but it's longer than that. But yeah, was it? <laughs> yeah, he did a full term. No, he didn't. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, yeah he got impeached. Arnold got impeached. <laughs> I am pretty sure, dude. Let me check it out. Give it a Google. Yeah, I'm if curious. You get, me, I'm looking this up. If you could Arnold have any celebrity, if you could have any celebrity, be a governor, not even president, because I don't know who you could top as Trump. If you could have any celebrity, be governor. Who would it be? 
If I had any celebrity, Tim Dillon. <laughs> Tim Dillon. I'm going to go with Tim Dillon. <laughs> Solid choice. Solid choice. <laughs> of what state? Of, oh, Florida, hundred percent. I want that. I want him running Florida for sure. I, him... I know he doesn't like Texas so much. Uh, actually, I, get him in California. Actually, I want. I think you would be the one. Like, let's fix all this shit that's going on here. Because he loves that state. He just, he just had to get out of there. Dude, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> made it seven years. I was about to say, there's no way that guy got it. What? <laughs> I was I was like four or five months. No way. <laughs> Am I crazy? That is wild. So that was ten years ago, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um Okay. I I gladly accept uh egg on my face. Whoa, what a weird world we live in. <laughs> Maybe you were in an alternate universe. Welcome back. Thank you, thank you. It's, it's been great. I just came back from my DMT trip. I thought Trump was president for a second there. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's just weird to think about uh, who can rise the political ranks right now. Because you would, you would think, uh, especially for leading the free world, that there would be like a, a litmus test of sorts. Like... Uh, I don't know the the ability to drive a car. I mean, I'm I, at the. I feel like we're at the point where you've got like a few more chips on the table, and you're just like, ah, just double it. <laughs> Hold on to you know what couldn't be a better analogy. You're just like, <laughs> what's the I think I saw our interest bucks? payment on our debt is a trillion dollars a year right now. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the fuck did that happen? Right. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> Just keep throwing it out. <laughs> Whatever. Like, the, the numbers are so big at, at this point. The government's like, we can just print more money. And everyone else that is like, hey, wait, isn't the money thing like all in good faith? We're we're all <laughs> buying into the system of this is not infinite, that we we should not do that. Uh, they put only five people that submarine because they had to put the debt paperwork in there for half a trillion. <laughs> Write that off. <laughs> oh, aliens. What is going on with the aliens right now? And no one batted an eye either. Everyone's like, I certainly didn't. I don't like, oh, know why. Aliens. Cool. And he was I'm, like, they asked, like, is there non-human entities that they've, they have? And they're like, yeah, we do have those. <laughs> Everyone's like, all right. <laughs> so I was fleshing this out. Crazy. With, uh, our buddy Luke today, because he brought he brought it up, and he was like, "So, what what are your thoughts on it?" And so, me personally, I'm gonna need some like real deal evidence to be like, "Okay, we have extraterrestrial beings or spacecraft here," like just real evidence. I mean, people they need say something now. Yeah, they if you if they keep coming out with it, you need to show something. Just anything credible, yeah. you know, like that. Okay, because. What did we come out with? Uh, was it the Black Hawk? No, that's the helicopter. What's the the elongated X Men looking spacecraft? I know you're talking about that. Was just a Black spy Bird. Plane. I Black, don't know what Black it's called. Bird, yeah. I believe, is is what it was. So that was flying at sixty, seventy thousand feet and could read a license plate forty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
And um, if there's one thing I know after touring Lockheed's Center of Innovation, we might want to edit that part out, um, <laughs> is that we are so far to the, the top secret of the top secret stuff. There's no reason to not believe that those little pill things are our spacecraft. Like that, that is top secret military intelligence that they can you know, supercharge an ionosphere around this little craft and make it go up and down and all in the water and all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, cause the, the, I guess saying there's aliens is the way to say like, that's not our aircraft, but really it is with all the research. Well, so UFOs, just, right? UFOs, right? So it, it kind of shares to the other countries like, oh, we don't have that technology, but really we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, um, What's up, Jellybean? What do you think about aliens? But it is interesting they didn't start seeing those Tic Tacs until they put the new software into the planes, and then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. they, then they started popping up because it was a distance thing. Right. They couldn't see that far out, and all of a sudden, it could. Mm -hmm. But I would think, I don't know, I feel like whatever entity had those Tic Tacs, they would know that we were coming up with this technology at that point. They'd be like, oh, yeah, they're about to come out with this. Well, there's also probably... a theory around when the first uh, nuclear bomb was detonated that that was a really big spike in UFO sightings because other civilizations were like, oh, this is where they're at now in development. And so it sent out some kind of uh, radiation or um, you know, gamma rays or something that is picked up. Who knows also what some of those, um, like, okay, so here's a polished thought. Um, and I was sharing this with some buddies that were in a very altered state on a trip to distract them, right? But as you do, when you're kind of helping shepherd people through certain experiences, and I gave them the story of where x-rays came from. Do you know where x-rays were first, or what the first purpose of x-rays were? Uh, no. Okay. So is my understanding, and I could be off beat here because Arnold Schwarzenegger, let's all keep that in mind, right? So I say things that maybe I heard that aren't factually accurate, but from what I understand is that they were originally uh, popularized and used in shoe stores to see if people had the perfect fitting shoe. And so they would blast x-rays through their foot, and then they had the carbon print underneath that would show whether or not the shoe fit correctly. Cool thing that we didn't know then is that uh, all these people got massive amounts of radiation in their feet and then started getting <laughs> cancer, and their feet were rotting off. So they were like, hey, we also probably should back this up. I believe X-rays were also developed by a woman, and that was a really big deal for the time. So um, one of the reasons I bring that up is because we never knew X-rays were a thing until we knew they were a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So you have certain scientists and um, thought leaders out there like Joe Dispenza, not to throw any particular name out there, but he's a great example of trying to bring metaphysical states and, and science to kind of... Um, attach and categorize and, and name some of these experiences that maybe we, we can't quite uh, put our thumb on. And so who knows what else we're not even detecting because that's just a blind spot in humanity right now that we just mm -hmm. don't have the instrumentation available to be able to read or understand and uh, categorize some of the things that, that, that are going on that we're not even aware of. Right. Mm -hmm. Enter string theory. Right, the the tunneling yeah. of space and time, all that kind of funky stuff. So, I don't know. I think when it comes to UFOs, I think I think that's our, um, I think that's homebrew technology. 
just that yeah. people don't have clearance or access to. And I mean, there's there's people, there's enough people that have kind of come out to start sharing information about UFOs that it, to the point of, are they just trying to trickle it out at this point? So it's not all right. at once or, or what? Because I feel like if they're starting to trickle stuff out, like this and they're getting a little closer it, you know let's say for example right the 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 aliens are probably maybe telling them hey we're going to be making a big showing here soon because y'all keep fucking up shit mm-hmm. or on the other hand maybe there's a fucking meteor heading to us and they they know about it we don't know about it and they're trying to like trickle it in like hey we're gonna have to help you guys but we can't just like come in and start helping we're going to have to start trickling this in a little bit. So to let y'all know, you're about to get wiped out. So that's an interesting thought perspective. And I mean, you don't want to shock society because you want people to show up to work to pay for taxes. So yeah. you got to keep the ants moving and grooving. If you had to end civilization, would you think you'd prefer to go out with uh, thermonuclear warfare? Like, let's say Russia pushes it a little too far and we uh, just see, I don't know, 16 of those Satan 2s go up. And I think there's probably only one or two of those developed by Russia, but a lot of ICBMs for sure. Just one Um, or two. Do you think you'd rather have just all hell break out nuclear warfare style? Or do you think you'd prefer a meteor, like a for sure dinosaur ending, only the shrews Mm -hmm. are getting through kind of vibe? But no there's say four months left to live mm. well the the nuclear there's like a chance as long as you're not in a spot that's going to get nuked mm-hmm. whereas the meteor i think would be more global catastrophe right like let's say it's the dinosaur right i mean that's polar ice caps melting the whole entire n- north of the equator is pretty much fucked right right and, and everything comes down so a lot more people i think would die that way than the nuclear well, I'm route. saying even the nuclear route. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the number is, but what do you think? It's forty of these well, big just, boy nukes going off. Is that going to create? Sure, the... but let's let's go with that, right? But they're not going to be attacking Wisconsin. You know, they're going to be attacking. Well, Actually, what did what I I'm read saying is, is like is North Dakota is one of the now. top ones because of they have so many silos there. They know that's where to attack because they're we have nukes out there in the middle of nowhere, so they they know where to attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but with the, I mean. I don't know what type of, of nuclear, because I think a nuclear war attack is different than, let's say, like a Chernobyl For sure. experience. So the picture I'm painting for you is either yeah. way you're fucked. Okay. Either way you're fucked. But I think if, if you're the best survival, it, I think, actually, would be the nuclear route. Would be a, a best human survival you think uh, so? path. Yeah, I think so, right? Because it's going to... I think it could definitely, it'll, if you're in cro- close proximity to these things, you're going to be screwed. I mean, obviously we know that. Um, but the farther out you go, you're going to be, and we, there's a, such a large population of people that just live out in the middle of nowhere, right? Right. Whereas if there is a natural disaster of the epic scale of what happened, let's say with the dinosaurs and a meteor hit, that's a, there's no stopping the floods. I mean, have you seen the, with the guy that, uh, went on Joe Rogan and t- shows the floods that happen that go down mm-hmm. like the middle of North America. Yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah. If you like go from a top, you can see those huge rivers that were carving out. That was probably my favorite crackpot that Joe's had on. Cause they weren't crackpots. I mean, they were just like, this is just 
kind of us thinking logically. Fingerprints of the Gods is a great book. There's a lot of stuff. Have you read it? it? Yeah. Yeah. It's I a fantastic it. book. It, I yeah. mean, it, it provides evidence. It shows pictures. It says where to go to look at. It's good, awesome. Good bedtime reading, I feel like. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that would probably be the rest because you, you can't control that. And it made a good point of, of uh, you know, we've probably gone through several of these, right? And always talks about like, oh, these might have been cavemen, you know, these that survived. Well, it ain't, it, you know, if, if something that, like that were to happen today, it's not going to be cavemen. You know, it's going to be the tribes down in southern Africa, right? Mm-hmm. They know how to live off the land. It's going to be the tribes that are down in Peru that know how to live off the land and survive and probably may not even know something's happening because it's a weather change. Those are going to be people who survive. But if we look back on history, when we had these wipeouts, and then you lined it up with the cavemen theory. Those were the times when the wipeouts happened. And those were the people left over. And we're like, oh, these are the cavemen. They didn't know how to do this or do that. Well, they probably, they probably just didn't have the technology because they're living out in the, <laughs> in, the, in, in, in the wilderness, right? The weird part is, too, when we think back on those civilizations, to think about they were, like, let's say 2,000 years ago, right? 2,000 years ago, are we dealing with Romans? Is that about yeah. fairly accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Um, same hardware as far as intelligence, you know, nothing, nothing's really changing evolutionarily speaking that they don't have the exact same intelligence, different education, right? Sure. But the same ability as far as being able to figure things out. I mean, the Romans I, I learned today had, um, piped like the, you know, the really well off folks had like running water as far as like piped into the house. Mm-hmm. So the Romans had like standardized copper tubing. To, to bring water from the aqueducts into the house and you know how they dealt their heating and stuff like that but um that's trippy to think about that like we think we're so much more civilized i mean we are civilized it's pretty barbaric but um advanced and and really these are the same people just different era yeah right i mean you, you could get killed for looking at someone the wrong way but kind of can i mean if you know yeah, in the right places you could probably do it yeah. wrong places D- detroit might have now. something to say about that right now you uh, know what i'm saying san francisco might have a place to say something right <laughs> i don't even think i don't hear any news coming out of detroit detroit's pretty quiet these days yeah <laughs> detroit uh true chicago chicago you should you mumble know? a little too loud there yeah and it's weird to think i mean not to move it into the whole gun violence thing but like uh, I was talking with some friends the other day about uh, music festivals, and uh, we were talking about Burning Man as well. They're like, what's the security like? And it's like, I, I want security going to these big venues, but if someone is really trying to get a gun in somewhere, like, they're going to they're gonna do it, you know? It's, it's a numbers game, yeah. You're just hoping that the people crazy enough to commit mass acts of violence are dumb or reckless enough because of the thought train that they're so far down that they're loose enough that there's something that points to like, Hey, this person is, uh, someone we need to watch out for, like deeply investigate their supplies, et cetera, et cetera. But that, that horrible incident that happened at, uh, I think it was Shambhala. Um, there's only so much you can do when you're trying to get 60, 70, 80,000 people into a venue I think as far as security. I don't remember which one it was. Military guy? Um, I don't know if it was a military guy. I think it was just some guy that shot the security guards. Um, that might have been... Oh. oh, maybe that was a different guy. I, I'm talking about the security guy at the festival not long ago. He took mushrooms, and he was like, this is it. 
this is that. He was just having a bad trip and started taking yeah, people that out. Guy. He wasn't uh, a security guy. He shot he was a military guys. He was a military guy. Military guy. There was a military base not too far, a couple hours away, and he was there with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he went down a bad trip. Yeah. Fucking, what do you do? I got a gun What are you doing? Here. What yeah. are you doing, dude? <laughs> That's the farthest thing away from me if I start doing that. <laughs> I know. And it's like, when we went to Okeechobee, dude, you got people fucking off their rocker. I'm like, hey, hey, it's like herding cats, you know? It's like... What do we got to do to make sure that people just are responsible when altering their consciousness? Mm-hmm. It seems so second nature to us, but I guess everyone has like a rite of passage. But when we ran into folks that were having really bad times because of the people they surrounded themselves with, that just seems so far from something that I could understand that when someone's in an altered state of consciousness that other people would intentionally make sure they're having yeah. a bad time. Yeah, I, I've thought about that numerous times with the people that we've helped out, you know, to have good trips and everything. I think about it in the after fact of like, you know, of course I want to help them. Of course I want to do this. Of course we want to make sure they have a good trip. But then I also think about it later of like, how lucky are they that this is their experience for the yeah. first time? How lucky are they that they're with someone in a group that wants to make sure that they're comfortable, to make sure mm-hmm. they're taken care of? Like, I, I feel like that's not the norm. And I wish that was the norm. Yeah, of people wanting to take care of each other that way because I feel like you know the, the the psychedelics are getting just more strewn. They treat it as if it's Molly, or they treat it as whatever K, and they can just oh, I'm just going to take it tonight, and they don't realize like I've had times where I, I've I thought I was going to take psychedelics, and then I just had a night where I was like, I'm not going to force that, like I'm not feeling it tonight. Something's telling me no, I don't want to do it. Like why there should be you should want to listen to that. Mm-hmm. and tell yourself because usually that's what causes the bad trip yeah in essence because you, you your body didn't listen to you know it's almost like a magnet you know when magnets aren't going you know attracting like mm-hmm. your body will tell you and that thing is almost telling you whatever spirits out there is like tonight's not the night man yeah well we went camp and we took the rv out the other night the exact same thing it was like uh we had that conversation as a group and we're like hey are we going to and um it just didn't for whatever reason, feel aligned. And so we're like, okay, you know, it's, it's okay. I think it's really important to listen to that. And it's also sometimes difficult to distinguish between uh, just like pre-trip butterflies mm-hmm. versus uh, something else. So also, also it's, I think with groups too, if one person's not doing it, if one, if one person's not doing it, but everyone else is, that person feels like they should be forced into it. If you don't feel like doing it, do something, either do something else if you if you brought it and you know you're gonna have a good time and you'd rather do that or babysit. I promise you, it's just as fun mm-hmm. to do that. It is just as fun to, <laughs> to be. On I was gonna say that's like one of my favorite things. You get a contact high from trip sitting others. So like it's one of my favorite things to do. Just curating an experience for others and. God forbid you get a couple of them like blood curdling laughs where people just can't stand yeah. how much fun and happiness they're experiencing. That'll like roll off on you. You're tickling it, the feet of someone's soul and you just, you get such a good experience from watching them have a great experience. And you get to be the person that gets to provide a little surprise every now and then. I've always liked that about the people that I'm with that do stay sober. And then like you're having a good time. They might find you lost in a sauce. All of a sudden a little light just comes dangling out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you want that buddy? 
or some ice cream. Just grab it. Yeah. A little, a little fresh smoothie action, maybe. I felt like I felt like a piece of ice just hit the back of me, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> you know, just like little, you get to be like a gift giver. You're like yeah. a little like, just making sure everyone's good, a little fan. I don't know. It's it's a, it's its own pleasant experience for sure. That was one of the things I was thinking about prepping for Burning Man is like, what's my gift going to be to the playa? And uh, Abby and I have been putting a bit of attention to that. Her gift is uh, fucks. So she has a jar of wooden fucks that she's going to be giving out (laughs) when people don't give a fuck or want a fuck or need a fuck. (laughs) She's going to be giving fucks out. And so I thought that was really cute. But the, when I, was, I was doing some research on like popular gifts and like the main thing that people said is it's not about a material thing as much as it is about an experiential type of gift. And so yeah. whether that's, uh, I mean, material things could also just be like chapstick, uh, lotion, um, you know, ear bud things for the stages when people seem like they're uncomfortable giving them some ear protection, uh, but also just like helping people out. If their bikes mm-hmm. broke down. Uh, if they just look like they're having a tough time talking with them, stuff like that. So, <laughs> like that one guy when we were in the thing spinning, and he was just shooting compliments to us every time we go around. <laughs> yeah, he gave, us, <laughs> he gave us so many gifts. <laughs> I go couldn't even. I couldn't uh, quote one line that man said, <laughs> but once he heard us cackling, laughing, he was like, "I don't care what your mom said. I love you." <laughs> I love you. That's a cute alien you got in there. That's crazy. What are we doing out here, man? (laughs) That was one of the funniest I laughed all weekend. And we get out of that, and some chick has her bike broke down. I was recounting that story when we went camping the other day. This chick has her bike broke down, <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm lost in the sauce for sure. And I see this problem that she's experiencing. It was definitely one of the more coy conversations I've ever had, meaning she didn't look extremely receptive to help. She knew she needed it. She didn't really want to talk. So the conversation went like, hey, do you need help? She said, "Uh, I I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, okay, well, uh, what's going on? She's like, "I, I think my basket's broken. I'm like, is that a problem? She's like, well, I can't ride the fucking bike. I'm like, well... Okay, uh, I guess this is my problem now. And she was like, can you help with my problem? I'm like, I'm, I don't know. And so Joe comes over. He's like, what's going on? I was like, I think her problem is my problem. And he's like, is that my problem? I'm thinking, I think we, we all have to solve this problem. So we're like, okay, let's figure out the problem. You bunch your shit together. And I looked at Abby and I was like, that's not our problem though, right? She's like, no, that's not our problem. I was like, cool, we're going to stay over here. She's like, no, that's not our problem. But you got to witness that. It was like, (laughs) it it was the most, uh, I don't know, like uneventful, anticlimactic thank you. We get it fixed. I'm like, okay, hey, that's that's not making it far, but that should get you back to your camp where you can figure out how to fix this for sure. See what's going on. (laughs) She was like, okay. And just bikes off. I'm like, well, I guess people receive gifts differently. Goodbye. It's like the AOL. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> and I, what am I? The paperclip? Yeah. Do you need I'm help? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Can you? Bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a good. I'll never forget that guy ripping across running into the and, and the, the and the man the, delivering the baby. Hey, can you hold this for a second? Yeah, yeah sure. 
All right, thanks, man. That's your litter now. And just walks. <laughs> That's your problem now. That's how America works. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> That's your problem now. A lot of problems get handed off at Burning Man pretty easily, too. Yeah. Real easily. Yeah, the whole self-reliance thing is really like just kicking the can. It's like, hey, I'm self-reliant, so uh, here's your next Rubik's Cube, I guess. Yeah. You know, just figure that out. Hope Good luck. you're all right. <laughs> I got a mechanic coming to check out the RV, not to run this in the ground, but um, I was like, hey, man, it was so weird calling mechanic. And uh, first off, to preface this, the RV has been in the shop for two weeks, right? Oh, <laughs> boy. And so it was there for a check engine light, and I called multiple times. They couldn't figure it out. They couldn't get the right scanner, whatever. So when I showed up to pick up the RV... Nothing literally got done except they they broke another piece inside the where the doghouse is. So they when taking that yeah. off, they broke the wooden shit or whatever. So I, I finally had the assistant manager <clears throat> um where he wasn't around his buddies or whatever. I, I didn't want to rip anybody like you know, in, in front of their other employees or whatever. But I just, you know, I was trying to help the guy understand. I was like, hey man, it, it's really kind of blowing my mind how hard it is to spend money with you guys. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, here's the deal. I get it. Uh, your manager, the shop owner, has been out of town for a week. He's fantastic to work with. But let me just help you understand what I've gone through. My RV's been here for two weeks. I haven't got a single fucking phone call. Not one. Not a, just a basic level of customer service of like, hey, we're not figuring this out. We'll call you tomorrow in a week. I don't. If you would have told me from the beginning, I'll call you in two weeks, fuck off. That would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> but no one checked. I called you guys seven times in two weeks. And literally all I'm trying to do is ask you to go through to tell me what else to spend money on. And you guys have made it so difficult for me to spend more money. I can't figure out how this is like a profitable business for you. Like what? what I learned that of, move from you. I learned that move from you when you're like, because you are, you're trying to spend money to solve a problem. And I learned, I've done that with people and they just get thrown off and be like, we, yeah, like I am that guy that I'm trying to do it and you're fucking it up, dude. <laughs> That's it. It was just like, it was a polite ass chewing, but I'm like, yeah. dude, you're, you're making this so hard to run a business. Like uh, all I'm asking is for a, a phone call. And he was like, yeah. Hey, you will personally hear from me. I was like, well, here's the deal. Um, here's where me bitching is going to come out. If you guys don't call me back, I'm going to take it to Camping World where I know they're going to overcharge me and I'm going to happily pay it because I know <laughs> at least it'll get fucking done. Do you I'm get that? To give you all, I'm trying to give you the chance here, but this is how you get shut down at Camping like, World. Dude, <laughs> I will gladly balloon this $1,000 expense into three just for knowing someone's going to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, all right, man, you will personally hear from me. Doesn't matter wherever it's he said. Didn't call me. So <laughs> Wow. But, I love pulling that move too. Just I mean, because you're not pulling that move until it's the final straw. You're just like, I'm trying to give you money. I don't know what else. No one and, wants uh, to be a Karen. No, you know? and, and usually it's that point too. And that's not even being a Karen. You're like you're a your business owner's not here. And if he heard me telling you this, he would be pissed because his revenue is gone. And right. unfortunately, that means he can't pay you and you're going to mm -hmm. be the first one gone. Yeah. So where are we at here? You know, 
So you know what I did? I went on Facebook and looked up a bunch of mobile mechanics. And I found the guy. He's a Filipino guy. He speaks pretty good English, but not Dang. perfect English. And the guy. I reached out to him, answers immediately. And I'm like, hey, man, how much for you to come out and just look at my RV, tell me what's wrong, and then I'll figure out what to pay you past that. It's like 150 bucks. I said, when can you come? He said, tomorrow. I was like, all right, how about, how about Monday? He's like, perfect, done. I'm like, it's all I need, yeah. man. It's all I need. It's all I need. Somebody. Get the job done. He goes, How, how's your AC working? I was like, not great. Don't worry about it. Just need the motherfucker to get there and back. <laughs> I know how fans work, buddy. Let's just get... <laughs> I just need to get there and back here. I will put a Florida swamp cooler in that thing so fast. I just need the engine running and no spark plugs to back out. Please. <laughs> That's what it took to get this like this bathroom remodel going. I went through so many contractors trying to find one. I finally found a good one. It's one of the top of the area, which is great. It just took a while to get started, and they finally got started, and it's and it's ballooned into like more the plumbing. Now they're like, yeah, this is out of code. This is out of code, and I'm like, it makes sense. This was mm-hmm. built in the 50s. Yeah. And I was just like, try to just get this started. I was like, I'll pay anyone. Just come out and just get this done at this point. Damn. It, it's kind of mind-blowing how many uh, companies just, like, I get it. You're a tradesman. So you're not a businessman. But it, it does kind of blow me away, one, how hard it can be to get reliable work done, but also mm-hmm. work done to code. Like, when you hear your contractor say, like, hey, this isn't a code, and their license is on the line... That's what you want to hear. If there's going to be something that blows yeah. up, it's because, hey, I want to do this right. I'm not trying to cut any corners. They started like talking to me, and I was like, I, I, whatever you got to do, man, just make it happen. <laughs> Don't worry yeah. about money on my end. You just put everything to code, whatever you got to do. And that turned into <laughs> the pipe having to go outside the house <laughs> around because the, the had the laundry pipe was just going like straight from the, the laundry to the sewer. Mm. It was just directly in. I don't know how they explained to me. They're like, that's out of code. And yeah. it makes sense because it would rattle when it would do something. But so they had to run it outside and put it back in. But they were like talking to me. And I was like, I, you don't have to tell me twice, man. Just do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were like, you sure? And I was like, please don't talk to me of this again until it's done. <laughs> like, cool. <That's>, it's so <laughs> amazing when you're just trying to help somebody understand. It's like, you just tell me the number and I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. And like, if that number is under my range of, I'll tell you when it's too high. Yeah. <laughs> tell me the number. This is how it's going to fit. Perfect. Go with Perfect. it. Invoice it. Wait, I'll have it to you. Was it burning man that we truly did embrace that? How much to make this problem go away? I feel like oh, that was, that was, I, that was the biggest make problem go away. It I have might've never... been a part of our vernacular beforehand, but during that trip, it really solidified in my organism. When people, when something's not right, I'm like, dude, just, well, there was that guy we were at the, we were parked just, and then we saw the, I don't know who was across the street with a, uh, AC guy or something. I don't know what it was. A spark plug guy. Yeah. And I just saw the van and I went over there to him and he was like, Oh, I got to go home to my kids. And I was like, how much money to not give a shit about your kids? <laughs> For a few hours. And he was just like, oh, man. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I, I took his number down. We never called him. No. But he gave me a number, and I was like, I might be giving you a call, dude. Like, didn't make this go away. We resolved it ourselves, but that's how it was getting to the point of, like, we we just need to make this work at this point. Well, some I mean, of those experiences bu- I'm really grateful for that we had to figure out, because, like, when I uh, got the RV back to the house and we are loading it up to go camping the other night, the generator didn't want to start. And I'm like, 
listen here, I know how you work now. So this isn't like you're just going to decide not to work. So I went through everything. I was like, I've replaced your carburetor, your spark plug, your oil, your filter. I was like, I've literally rebuilt you. I know you. I wish that I wish that guy who stole your bike, if he would have come up to us and tried to rob us and been like, give me your something. I'd be like, just take my bike. I don't give a fuck. Just get away from me. I'm take this. the RV, dude. Just take, take the RV. The RV. <laughs> just, get, <laughs> get rid of it. Just do I, me a favor, dude. Keys are in the ignition. Actually, take the RV. If you don't mind, just start driving that way. You're going to break down. You're going to break down. I'll see you in a little we'll bit. We'll find you, bro. I'm going to get some sleep, though. I need you to go that way with it. I'll Uber to you. Don't you worry about it, man. I just need you to head towards Reno, if you don't mind. Here's the fucking belt. <laughs> you figure out how to put it on. You figure we'll it out. We'll see you about two hours that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just take it, dude. I'll be out there in a bit. <laughs> the ultimate gift of Burning Man. You just leave that place, give the keys to somebody, be like, you can take it home. I'm, I'm flying out of here, dude. I don't... There's a flight here, right? Paris Hilton was here. Right, what's your flight? I'm going to grab that one. I'll see you later. <laughs> Diplo! Hey, get me out of here. <laughs> We are curious to see who's going to show up this year. And that's that's the thing. For this year, I'm going to have to take photos for you because I think last year I took all of two photos. I didn't take many photos. I wanted the full, like like the sun's rays hitting the earth. I wanted that just full breath of everything coming at me. Yeah, that's the thing photos. about um, being extremely present. Um, it, I think that's one of the few festival, and I get it, Burning Man's not a festival, that's one of those few experiences where I feel like I can remember things so vividly because of how present we were. I can remember a lot of it. It was awesome. Right. A lot of it. Yeah, just being, sometimes I just left my phone behind because there's no service. Why bring it Yeah, there's no point, you know? So it's like your clock is sunrise, sunset. That's kind of. That's pretty much what it was. That's how you, oh, it's dark. All right, dark time. Oh, mm-hmm. daytime. Hot. And there's something. To, there's just something to be said for being ultra present. You know, mm-hmm. like that was one of the things that I, I wrote down for uh, for the show was some of the conversations I've had with people in my life this week were very vulnerable conversations, and I mm-hmm. found the more I was present in that conversation, not worrying about how the conversation would go or after the conversation how it went just being extremely present to the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and this is like uh, a little bit of a sidebar from talking about like soaking in a festival experience. But I, I think just overarching like presence is kind of a cure all, you know, it, it just, it's one of those things, the more present you are, it, it mm-hmm. just seems the better things go. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent agree with that. It's interesting too, when you go to a festival, right? That usually you put your phone down, you don't have it out much. And it's like, why is that so hard when you do come back to, to your house or back to reality? Why, why isn't that experience? Why do you not have that similar experience when you want to keep your phone down and not take as many pictures? You know, at least I know I do. I had that experience where I come back and now I'm back on socials and stuff. But when I'm out there, I'm barely in it because there's so much going on. And I feel like so many people get sucked back in their phones. They don't want, they, it keeps them from creating things around them to keep that, keep them off of it. You know? Consuming versus creating. Consuming versus creating. Like, you know, if, you, if you're, that couple hours you just spent scrolling, you could have gone, not saying you do that, but go play on a kickball team, make some friends, have a couple of beers, enjoy time, and then come back home, you know, during that whole time that you were doing that. What's well, a low lift, 
right? I mean, that was one thing yeah. I noticed from having a company in town this whole week. When we got back, because I'm, you know, I'm driving the RV, I'm any problem with the RV, I'm dealing with it, et cetera, et cetera. We got back. I just told everyone to kind of just chill out, leave me alone for about an hour. I just got on the couch and I just scrolled on Which TikTok. Which is good too. Something, it's nice. Well, that hour I noticed was really yeah. potent. You know, I, I yeah. genuinely felt recharged just mindlessly doing something for an hour. That's really all I needed. But how often does it turn into two, three hours of, oh, I'm tired of this social media, so I'll go to this platform, you know, whatever, um, versus creating something is a heavier lift, but mm-hmm. you get a much deeper satisfaction from being present to that, whether it's kickball or building a cabinet or, you know, hanging like there's some photos that i'm art that i've been wanting to hang in the house and i just haven't done mm-hmm. and that's an easy thing to do you know um, i've definitely been pushing myself we got a couple of rooms clean because it's been messy with the bathroom finally got a couple of rooms clean got a few things hung getting some yeah i've been pushing myself off of social media a little bit more i've been noticing that like oh okay like i it literally was taking over a little bit yeah doing that backpacking trip where i didn't have any social media i was just like staring there at the fire i was like this is nice i have so nice i locked in something it's not about a fire especially like camping and a fire is mesmerizing also i didn't have time like i was looking for water i was making a fire i was setting up camp like i was constantly like i have something to do out here yeah. constantly i guess really that's cool. the part of it right like i mean there was uh one of those thought leaders on a podcast where he's talking about how indigenous people don't suffer from depression or mm-hmm. PTSD, anxiety, because they just, time. they don't, they have purpose. They're doing yeah. shit to survive. And I think, uh, you know, if you, like, if you have something bigger than yourself, it. Like how many people with depression that do have depression and, and it's real too, you'd be like, how about you just, I don't know, go knock on neighbor's doors and mow a lawn, you know, just start doing that. Go, go knock, go learn how to do it. Just go find some shitty lawn that's overgrown. Whether you do a bad job or not, they're going to want you to do it. Like 20 mm-hmm. bucks or something, right? Or just wash a car. I don't just finding things to do to keep your mind off of stuff. It's yeah. just it's nuts when you start doing. It. That's why going in the gym everyone says that because you're going and doing something. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people get narrowed in on it has to be the gym or it has to be work. It's like or you can just go for a walk. You know, go mm. go sit outside and watch the sunset for a bit. Yeah. Go do this for a little bit. I feel like everyone gets narrow-minded on how to pull themselves out of it. And then that's how they get the the good drugs. The depressants, baby. Suck me into the pit. Aside from that last little sentence, that was beautiful and very inspiring, actually. <laughs> so I think right there, I want to solidify that moment of expression because that was very well said. And so we're not going to edit out that last sentence, but... I totally agree with you, and I think people do shoehorn. Uh, there's something to be always said for fitness, but um, and if if you guys are you know struggling with mental health, we're very sensitive to that. But for sure, um, you know, take take one step at a time. And I mean, I, th- I think uh, yeah, the world's a better place for for just being present and doing something. It's you know? just crazy how we've lost the presence, right? Like it used to imagine. Remember that time before all this. Before video games, you'd be outside playing basketball. You might be playing soccer. You might be shooting a goat in the nuts. I don't know. Like, whatever we were doing at our time, right? Like, it, it was crazy shit, working on a farm, whatever. But then, like, over time, there you start getting video games. You start getting on the computers. You start getting AOL coming along. 
and it just sucked us all into the screen. Everyone gets so depressed because they think they're just doom scrolling. They're just in this thing, and it's because their body is just craving. Like, for the love of God, give me some activity. Give me something to do besides my fingers, you know? I wonder mm-hmm. how strong everyone's fingers are nowadays from fucking scrolling. I'd say, pretty, like, I'd say weak, actually. You think weak? You I'd don't say think, like, like, that movement right there, maybe? No. No. I mean, no. There's I wonder no if that's going to be an evolution thing, that little ligament right there scoliosis is certain uh definitely there there is not a i don't know if it's scoliosis there's a uh, a condition now uh with the younger breeds of humans that we've been I've developing. got a cousin with it i've got a cousin with it it's a little hump a, a step cousin with it. a little hump right there yeah I, like, I know exactly what that's from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to go outside which i get like that's her thing she doesn't want to go outside she's not a very talkative person but she's inside all day yeah curled up which by the way i i loved binging video games with the best of them but it well that was the thing with pe classes remember like no that one really wanted to do pe you know some of the guys wanted to but that wasn't it wasn't like you're being forced like this is what you have to do you got to be athletic it was literally just to give you an activity of day yeah now PE's so fucking soft i mean it's it's a joke that's all it was was like it was act like we knew it was the right thing to do Mm-hmm. Was to give kids an hour of day of just go walk, go be a little active, throw a ball around, something, mm-hmm. and yeah. at least kept your spine straight a little bit. Now it's soft and they don't do anything. And yeah, well, hopefully week two can turn into the generation that says the generation after us is soft. Yeah, every generation <laughs> does. Well, yeah, every generation says it. All right, well, hey, if you worship a god or any gods, um, follow this podcast. It helps us. <laughs> you made it to the end. And uh, once you make it to the end, if you can throw us a review, helps the algorithm, helps us uh, stay on your page. Follow and we appreciate it. Like all it. of you guys out there. Share um, with your friends. Thank you Share for being with those a part across of our the little country. corner of the internet. If you know someone across that person you met at the gas station, share it with them. You know, whatever you want to do. Detroit, though. We know how they feel. Or Chicago. Either way. Love you guys. Hey, next week we have a very exciting guest <laughs> oh. with some insane stories. So be sure to tune Can't in for wait. that. Can't wait for that. All right. See I've you guys. Up. Peace.